Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Build Shop Podcast. I am one half of the hosting crew and I'd like to welcome my co-host to the show. Mike, how's it going? RB, I am fantastic. Yourself? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. No, it's uh golf scene is still a long ways away, but we've uh, we've been busy doing a lot of stuff on the on the YouTube channel. We're doing some uh some video. You know, people will probably see it coming up in the next little bit. You know, you and I did our own little video all by ourselves. Our own own little video. Hopefully people don't throw too much shade at us, but I think we did well. I don't think we're going to win an Oscar for it, but um, it was fun anyways. Yeah. And for those who are curious, you know, the topic was driving iron versus versus fairway wood, seeing how, mm-hmm. how same loft, two different, very different golf clubs are going to react to each other. So stay tuned for that. It was, it was a lot of fun and uh, I, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, I don't think Mike and I are putting any driving irons in our bag anytime soon. Definitely not. No, definitely, definitely not. Maybe a bowling ball for me. Well, if we do, I mean, I'm not going to say never, but you know, if we do happen to ever get ourselves over to a, a very dry Scotland, maybe, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll throw that in there and people will see why this week, but yeah. uh, there, there was a lot going on in the world of golf. Uh, first off, we had Victor Hovland taking down Richard Bland uh, this past Sunday. Although the Saturday before Luke list took down Will Zalatoris. Although will uh, I think will might've Will's putting might've taken will down before, uh, before Luke listed. What did you think of that over the weekend? You know what? Uh, Will Zalatoris is, you know, a couple of people told me he's as skinny as a one iron, um, but the guy can move a golf ball. He's an unbelievable player. Same with Luke List. Um, when he missed that putt to go into the playoff, um, I was chatting with uh, with someone who uh, works on the PGA Tour and uh, they were sending me stats. Like He was one of the worst putters that week. Um, and that's something you don't see very often, um, because obviously he nearly won a PJ tour event and generally their putting's pretty good that week, but he was really good off the tee. And I know he's changed his driver a little bit recently, but, um, there's something about, and I'm not going to dive too much into it. Cause I think this could be a topic and we should get someone who's a specialist on this, but I really think arm lock putting or, or that wrist lock putting takes feel away from the game. And I'm not saying it should be illegal. I just think it makes it a little too robotic. And if you lose a bit of that feel on those smaller putts, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hating on it, but I'm kind of going, I don't really think it, it's going to help you create feel. Putting is a feel game. Same with a wedge short game. It's all about feel. Um, I've, I've tried it. I've, you know, we've got them in the studio. I'm sure you've tried it RB. I just, it feels awkward. I know if you put your paces through and you practice with it, it might feel better later on but i don't know i think i think willie needs to call mr scotty cameron and and figure out a different putter for for this week again listen he can win the next three tournaments in a row the guy's that good but the putting was very shaky his stats were very shaky so we'll see uh we'll see what happens i've i've never i mean i've tried the arm look i've kind of like you know picked one up and and hit some putts on a green but Mm -hmm. i can distinctly remember years and years ago that uh i was uh when I were, I was working for Titleist, it's like a summer job. So I was like being a tech rep and kind of going around doing some fitting days and things like that with the opportunity to order some golf clubs at a reduced cost. And one of the things I always wanted to try was a, at the time, what not illegal, a broomstick putter, mm. like the, the Adam Scott tall broomstick one, it was yeah. like 46 inches. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta try this thing. And of course, like, you know, my buddies made fun of me and I, I used, and, but the thing was like, I felt like on three footers of all things, it was actually like fantastic. The issue was, was the like mid range, right? Yeah. Like anytime you get out of the, like five, six, seven feet and you got a little bit of break, I always felt like it was, that was the difficult thing. 
long putts and short putts were great. It was that mid length stuff that like threw me off. And I think, you know, 10 feet uphill, straight uphill for a PGA tour player. It's, it's not a good look when you miss by that much, I think going into a playoff. So I'd like to see him work on something to find, just find something, right? Like he, yeah, he, and he hits the ball as good as Hideki. Like that's insane. Like hundred percent. And I'm not saying I'm right by saying there's no feel in, in arm lock or wrist lock putting. I just, it just looked very, didn't look comfortable. And and like I said, I would like to do more testing. Maybe that's something, you know, we do some testing on it and, you know, I've, we'll chat to some putter people, but um, you know, regardless, it was a great event. It was cool that it finished on a Saturday because the football was a good, good Sunday of football. Um, but I mean, Luke list, I know we were talking about this earlier or we might, we talked about it yesterday. That boy's got an 80 gram driver shaft. <laughs> in his driver like come on i wouldn't even i wouldn't even be able to take that in a back screen let alone my to finish a golf swing that thing is heavy i hardly play 80 grams in my hybrid i think my hybrid's like 85 so like man, to oh, think, that, think that you're swinging a 45 inch driver at 80 grams is like a lot i know um someone who we've had on the show before marty jertson inventor of the stack system talking about distance uh i think he put it out in a tweet he was like you know, I played with Luke List at a at a U.S. Open or a U.S. Open uh, sectional or a practice round, and he was the one who like kind of put me on this journey because he was sneaky long and I was sneaky short, and I wanted to get longer. And you know, if you're swinging an 80 gram driver shaft, like either you're crazy or you know you've got some got some uh, gas in the tank. Let's put it he that does, way for sure. He definitely does. He, I mean, he moves it and good player and and that wedge shot he hit on um, the playoff hole. I mean. That's classy. It's uh, I've played Tory South and um, I have played that pin position. I was nowhere near that pin uh, when I played it, but it is, you know, someone, someone was talking about it on a tweet or something. They're like, man, that looks like the easiest, you know, finishing hole, regardless if you're short or long, it is not easy. I can, I can attest to it. Um, I'm pretty sure I made double, uh, but that pin placement is so scary to look at. Um, because the greens at Torrey are generally always going to be fast. Maybe not tour fast, but the greens I played, I played it three weeks after the event. They were really fast. That slope, it looks very shallow on TV. It is steep, and that ball will rip back into the water. So um, the shot he hit in there was, it's a, that's a way to put a nail in the coffin in a playoff, that's for sure. Now, now speaking of of water, the uh, the European Tour, DP Tour, whatever, let's call it European Tour, uh, Victor Hovland won in uh, Dubai and he wanted to play up against Dick Bland and the, the story, although again, Victor now being third in the world, two players in the top three under 25 of him and Morikawa, they were basically in, in playing college golfing. It was three years ago at this point now, which is just insane to think about like all the players other than, I mean, Rom's up there, but you know, we got these all under 30, just like lighting mm-hmm. it up right now. And, uh, but it was, was Rory. We're talking 18 hole, 18th hole. We're talking water. Took a three wood off the tee, laid back, and then you know rinsed it real bad. And I think it pulled a lot of Rory's Rory fans' hearts out, including myself, thinking that uh, you know he only he was tied. He could have just like laid up and at least given himself a chance. But uh, making bogey doesn't get you in the playoff. I'm a I'm a you know I've, I've a, I'm a Rory fan. I'm not a huge Rory fan, but I respect the guy's game. Um, maybe I was a little heartbroken when he left Titleist back in the day, but. Um, I will put it this way. I don't think, honestly, and I just think his caddy, you know, in that situation, it's just a shot that I know you're a pro and, and you can you can hit it. Maybe 
eight times out of 10, but I just don't think that was the right call. And um, yeah, I don't know. I, I bet you, you see something change there in that relationship. They're good friends, but um, yeah, something's going to change for sure. He was, he was struggling down the stretch with the driver. He didn't look at a lot of confidence in it. I mean, he made him amazing up and down after putting it into the, the bushes on 17. And then, um, you know, again, I think it's, it comes down to like a decision-making process on that last hole. And I think, I think you're right because if you're in that position you now, we're, we're Monday morning, Tuesday morning quarterbacking here, but it seems something where like, you know, all you had to do is just lay up and give yourself a chance. I know like, you know, he's not, a, he, he's a, he's a world-class player. So, yeah. but he, he still struggles with his wedges, but even, even giving yourself 20 feet to, to try and like win and not like, not just get in the playoff, but to just win it with a 20 foot yeah. birdie putt, it was, uh, it's pretty shocking. And I know that was, that was a discussion a lot going into, you know, after kind of the aftermath, but, uh, Victor Holland's on a heater right now. And you know, if I had to pick somebody, I don't want to, I know a lot of people are going to pick Rom or more. Like, I mean, we're picking a top three player in the world. This isn't a sleeper pick here, but he can hit a draw with that driver. Mm-hmm. And when he's on, he can putt really well. I know it's, sometimes it's hit and miss, but he's, he's getting, he's on a heater right now and he continues to do this. Um, he's got a good chance to pull in some majors this year. Yeah. Look, I mean, I think he can, I think he can dance around Augusta quite well. Um, I'll tell you one thing and only because I'm a big fan of the golf course and I'm potentially playing it in May Brookline uh, hosts the U S open this year. He has an amazing chance to be a winner at Brookline. So there's my, there's my sleeper U S open pick, right? I mean, like you said, it's not a sleeper if you're in the top three in the world, but for a long shot, I'm going to go Victor Hovland, U S open champion. That, and that's a good, cause uh, we look at ball striking, we look at like including his driver, like total driving, uh, total approach. He is one of the top players in the world. So mm-hmm. a U.S. open is again, a perfect scenario for him. And I know we said about, said it before, but like, he looks like a little skinny dude, but he's a, a little skinny yoked dude. Um, and he's, he's, got some, uh, he's, he's got pretty jacked. He's pretty jacked. Like over the, when he won in Mayakoba in 2020, he looked like typical Victor Hovland that we've all known when he won in, 2021 Mayakoba like you could tell he was a lot more muscular he's been working out in the gym so he's uh he's filling out those JL shirts a lot uh, a lot better than he was when he first came on tour yeah a lot differently that's for sure now uh last but not least we're gonna if we're gonna wrap up uh kind of the major professional tours of the week we can't not talk about the Gamebridge and Lydia Co winning now the, the equipment story is she is no longer she's got some clubs in the bag still uh from PXG but she is not she's equipment free agent which we don't, mm-hmm. we, we see a lot from a lot of the uh, international players on the LPGA tour, because there is a lot of uh, corporate sponsorship that goes into their bags and their hats that they kind of often have a mixed, a mixed bag of clubs. Uh, so, you know, to have someone like Lydia, who's a good example, or Nelly Corda is another one who's, a, who's an all titleist player, but she's got a mixed bag. She's a titleist driver, some like proto concept irons, I believe. And uh, mm-hmm. she's, she's been playing very well as of, as of late. And I think, no, we say it now because I mean she's 24 years old. She said I think she had she's had 13 wins before she was 20, which is just insane uh, to even like fathom what that means. She's still younger than Victor and Colin Morikawa to put that into perspective for people who are listening. Is like I'm excited to see her play this year. I've always been a Lydia Ko fan. I was always kind of like shocked when she kind of fell off a little bit there, but with Sean Foley, new gear. Although she again she won with PXG equipment last year. It's not like it's a big equipment thing, but. This to see her this year is going to be very exciting. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big uh, Lydia Co fan, and uh, yeah, she was using that uh, 
proto 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 concept or whatever iron their stuff actually looks quite good i've I've been in conversation with them a couple times that uh, they were supposed to send us some stuff for testing and they just uh you know it's just hard to get product right now so um hopefully we can do some type of a little review on that i think the product looks really good but yeah lydia is uh she's an unbelievable player and uh she uh that bunk again that bunker shot she hit on on 18 to, to win i mean even danielle king i mean she really went back to back for lpga events i mean it was uh, it was really good golf this weekend yes yeah i think danielle king as well has been on like a complete heater uh the one thing that's really interesting actually is uh you know last couple of weeks the weather hasn't been great they've been playing in florida and uh you know the, the one question is like for for Danielle, she talked about like one of her goals is to win the open, like the women's British Open or women, oh, yeah, women's British Open. So uh, I always I always want to default to the Open Championship, but with that in mind, like she she kind of forced herself to go out and play in bad weather. Nellie Quarter seems to struggle when it gets a little uh, weather wise. At least you know she she never she didn't really. I mean, we're talking about tight fields here. Like she's playing well, but. She wasn't close to lead when she's like, you know, the sunny kind of days, she's always been really, really close to lead. So that's an interesting thing for a lot of players is, you know, some players struggle in, in colder weather. Uh, Danielle has been on fire. Yeah. No kidding. How do you, how do you, do you, do you layer up, Mike? Are you someone who likes to layer up with the hand warmers and what's your, what's your go-to and it gets cold? Cause when the springtime rolls around, I'm sure you're not going to be, be shy to get out to the golf course. No, I mean, it's funny, like in, in this, in the spring, if it's, you know, eight to 10 degrees, I'll, I'll definitely venture out, you know, if the course is open. Um, you know, it's funny in the winter when it, you know, in November, if it drops down under 10, I really don't want to play golf. It's a little too chilly for me. Um, call me a wimp if you want to call me a wimp, but I'll, uh, I'll, you know, I'll throw a toque on. I, you know, I, I always say if I can keep the top of my head pretty warm, um, I'll, I'll wear, you know, a vest. I, I don't like to bundle up too many jackets. I got a Galvin jacket that, um, I, I use well, like, you know, a whole rain suit when, if I'm playing in Scotland, I, I don't really play in the rain here, but there's got some straps inside of it. So when you take the straps out, you can swing so freely in this Galvin jacket. This is not a Galvin ad, but it is one of the best rain jackets I've ever owned. Expensive, but really good. So, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to be a Nelly Corda fan on that one. I'm a fair weather, fair weather <laughs> golfer. I like it when it's warm and sunny and, um, and a little wind. So, um, but yeah, no, I'll, you know, like you said, when it comes to spring, if it was, if it was three degrees outside right now in February, I'd be on the golf course, no problem. So. Yeah. It's, uh, cold going into warm versus warm going into colder. I'm, I'm definitely on the side of springtime. You know, once November rolls around, even if you get a day that seems kind of nice, you're like, and eh, no, I'm good. <laughs> I'm yeah, good. I haven't, yeah. I haven't quite acclimatized yet. Now, the one thing we are uh, going to throw it to now, because uh, we just, we were lucky to have this conversation a little earlier today with Jeremy Stone from Titleist. Uh, talking golf balls, talking the new AVX. We're going to have a video coming out uh, hopefully pretty soon about the new AVX and just talking about it in general when it comes to golf balls because you know, left dash was something that uh, is is currently like you still kind of, you can get it available through Titleist. It's a, it's kind of a, a little bit of a special order product, but it does fit a segment of golfers. A lot of people are very familiar, obviously, with Pro V1 and Pro V1X. Uh, if you're not, uh, I'm not really sure what to say to you. But uh, the AVX, because it was uh, new a couple of years ago, this is the second version of it. Uh, Mike, what was the most interesting point to you? Before we get to the conversation, what was the most interesting element that we had when we talked to Jeremy? I I like about the, you know, the Titleist lads when it comes to chatting about golf ball is, like, obviously, AVX, great ball. I don't personally use it, but every time I chat with them, 
you get super excited. And I chat, we've chat golf balls to a lot of different people, but when you talk to titleists, we all know they're a golf ball company first and they are extremely good at what they do. And the R and D that goes into creating that ball, they're looking three, five years ahead at a time. They're not just releasing a new ball every two years, call it pro V one or pro V one X and going, here's a new ball. It's going to give you a hundred yards more distance. There's always little changes that they're listening to you and I, they're listening to billions of other consumers that use pro V one pro V one X or Titleist ball in general. And, and that's how AVX was, you know, kind of changed a little bit. You know, people are like, listen, love the, you know, the low launch with the ball but it doesn't really spin around the greens that much. I need more spin. They've changed the cover. They changed the core. And now you've got a ball that still launches low off, you know, your long game strikes, but around the green, you now have something that spins. I mean, I hate to say it. I'm thinking I'm sitting here going, okay, I play pro V one X and I don't, you know, for a long game. Okay. I'll take a little bit lower flight. I'll run it out a bit more. It'll spin a little less, but around the green is going to spin more. I mean, I need that ball. That ball's for me all day long now. Um, so I'm definitely going to tinker with AVX um, this spring. And um, I'm a Pro V1X disciple. I've used Pro V1X for a long time. But I think it might be uh, I think it might be a different ball for uh, 2022. Yeah, if it's, uh, if it's supposed to be softer and it's been a little bit more around the greens, that was the one thing that I, I noticed with it. I just got used to it when I was, I was using it quite often um, for me. And I think that was... That is always the interesting conversation with the guy, with the people from Titleist is the fact that you have so many options when it comes to their product. And it's always about, and we touch on this and we'll get to it just a moment, but how, you know, it's not always just about now, but it's always about what can we do in the future to continue to, mm-hmm. to find those little, those little details, those little nuggets for different levels of golfers. Right. When like, I think about irons, right? Like originally it was like CB, MB, AP1, AP2. And then you have the middle one, then you have like the T200 and all these different like irons start working their way into the line because it's all about fitting. It's always about fitting and it's the same with golf balls. And so uh, we're going to uh, be very excited to turn it over to our conversation with Jeremy Stone. Remember, if you like the show, please uh, like and subscribe to the TXG podcast channel. You can follow me along at RDS Brath. Mike, where are you at? Mike TXG. Don't forget to download the episodes. That's right. And uh, hopefully you enjoy the show and enjoy the conversation we had with Jeremy Stone from Titleist. Thanks everybody for listening. So we'd like to welcome to the Build Shop podcast for the very first time, Jeremy Stone from Titleist. Now, Jeremy, before we get into everything, uh, I'm going to let you handle your own title. So why don't you tell people what you do at Titleist when it comes to golf balls? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Fun to be here. Really great to chat with you all. Uh, excited to talk about some golf balls. Um, I'm the vice president of marketing for Titleist Golf Balls. Very cool. And that that involves, you know, that's that's everything from, you know, anything that's round and has dimples, correct? Yeah, that's exactly right. It is, it really covers everything. So there's there's members of my team on the product management side that work with research and development and operations. They go so much as to design out, call it three to five year trajectory of what golf balls we're going to make in the future and working to understand the consumer demands that are going to be utilized to make that plan all the way through to partnering with our sales organization to make sure that when you walk into a golf shop, the right golf ball assortment is available for you and everything in between, most notably the fitting and education resources also reside on my team as well. So it's really start to finish golfer journey as it relates to golf balls. All of that sits under my purview and I'm I'm pretty fortunate to have 
an amazing team that helps me keep track of it all. Very cool. Now, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today was to talk about the AVX. Now, this was something that came out a couple of years ago. I know I was still am and was a big fan of this golf ball. For me, it was, I had, as, as Mike is well aware, we actually just did some videos the other day on the YouTube channel. I hit the golf ball very, very high. Uh, not necessarily the, the best thing all the time. And it was a product that was pretty revolutionary. And you guys have launched a new one with some, some developmental changes, which I think I want to say, you know, from my experience, which was certainly driven by the consumer feedback to that product. And that is really, that's another part of what you guys do when it comes to developing products. Let's talk about the AVX and kind of where it fits into the line there. Yeah. And I love the way you frame that because it was all around what you're looking for from a performance standpoint. And that's how we look at our portfolio of golf balls. So we look at Pro V1, Pro V1X. They represent the lion's share of our fitting opportunity, of the performance opportunity. And we all oversimplify it and say that we focus on flight, spin, and feel. And AVX really represented a few years ago a missing piece to the puzzle. And it was for golfers like yourself who wanted some help flighting the golf ball and or were looking to take some spin out of their game through the bag. And so AVX fit that mold. AVX is a low flight, low spin golf ball with exceptionally soft feel. That's what its calling card is. It's got unbelievable distance because of that low spin characteristic. But like you described, there's a huge component of golfers that are out there looking to flight the golf ball and a golf ball designed to flight low can really fit that need quite nicely. I like the, I like the AVX ball um, for the reason that it did lower flight RB. You're a perfect example. Yes, it definitely is a great ball for you. I'm a pro V1X guy. Um, when the original AVX was out in, you know, it was that low flight ball, but you had maybe not as much green side spin how did you guys improve that green side spin from the previous to, to this year? Yeah. And when we look at golf ball development, we look at every piece of the golf ball as a lever to pull for performance. And our research and development team is so good at this. Um, and the reason we do that is when you change any one element, you, you get what your goals are, but you also have some unintended consequences, right? Um, and we look at, and spin in particular comes from the relationship between different layers of the golf ball. AVX is a three-piece golf ball. You've got a solid core, you've got a casing layer, and then you've got a cast urethane cover. When we set out to increase the green side spin, it was based on feedback from golfers uh, like RB here who's looking for, hey, I love AVX, but if you could get me a little more green side spin, that's the one piece that I'd like to see a little bit more of. Okay, how do you do that? Well, step one, you simplify the problem and you say, well, if we can soften the cast urethane cover, we can get you a little more bite with the wedges. We can get you a little more bite with the irons. That's how we can get you a touch more greenside spin. But you got to remember that when you change one component of the golf ball downstream, you might create some other effects. We don't want you to suddenly see increased spin with your irons and in your long game because that might rob you of some distance. So then you've got to balance out the softer cover with some other components. So we also have a reformulated core in AVX. We knew we wanted to keep soft feel. We knew we wanted to keep spin down. So we have a really high gradient core, which just talks about the relative softness of the center of the core versus the outer portion of the core. 
And we reformulated that to complement the softer cast urethane cover. In between those two items, we have the high flex casing layer. That casing layer delivers speed. It also changes ratios. So in a driver swing, for instance, you're really starting to talk about what is the ratio between the high flex casing and the core at impact. If you put a hard material over a soft material, you get lower spin properties. The opposite is true when you go to a wedge. So when we put the, a softer urethane cover over that firm high flex casing layer, you see spin properties go up. All that means is you put the softer cast urethane cover, that's how you get the green side spin, but we had to reformulate the core so that you were getting the amazing feel and distance and low spin that you were looking for out of AVX. That's how you manage to keep everything you love and add just a little bit more on the green. Very cool. I know um, to, to clarify something for people, I know like obviously the term gradient, uh, you know, is, you know, somewhat relative to like, everyone knows what it kind of means, but when it comes to the golf ball and it comes to the core, um, I can't remember if it was you guys. Cause I, I have had the chance to go to the, the manufacturing facility and, and see that, which I think is really cool, but also, uh, you know, to understand what it means to like make a core or technically bake a core, right. When we say gradient in a golf ball, it's, it's kind of like a, a muffin or a, a molten lava cake. As you can tell, I like food. Um, where the or even a loaf of bread, right? The outside is nice and crusty, quote unquote, and kind of towards the middle, kind of gets softer and softer and softer. And that's where you know, as you adjust temperature and adjust the the way it's heated and how long it's heated, you get that that kind of gradient level of softness because the crust of the bread is the outside of the core, and the inside is the the soft crumb, right? Uh, it, it's a great analogy. I'm biased towards chocolate chip cookies myself, but that's just a personal preference. You can pick your baking uh, delights, <laughs> um, but you're exactly right. Great description because when you bake, you notice you get that crusty outside and then the inner part of whatever you're baking doesn't necessarily heat up at the same rate. That is all a function of temperature, time, and pressure. You got to be pretty precise when it comes to golf balls because we have had golf balls in the past that have had zero gradient, really tricky to do. You might remember from Pro V1, a ZG process core, a zero gradient core. We also have higher gradient cores. And it's all a function of what we're looking for from a flight spin and feel standpoint. In this version of AVX, we went high gradient because it delivered on the performance we were striving for. Um, the, the, the amazing part about what our operations team does is when R&D defines a process and a goal, the operations team is able to deliver it time after time after time. Um, and it's one thing to make one amazing prototype or a dozen golf balls that are perfect. But when you need to go out and you may need to make a couple hundred thousand dozen that are perfect, that's a different ball game. And so the precision with which we are able to control the gradient of the core is why we're so confident we can promise, hey, look, that AVX you're gonna count on, whether it's the first ball out of the sleeve or the last one in the dozen, they're going to react the same because we have quality checks along the way to make sure that there's an unbelievable amount of consistency. That's really cool. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing that I know is, was stressed when, when I was there and you guys always talk about in, in kind of your marketing is, is the level of trust that you can put into a product because from start to finish, like I've seen the quality checks, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So I know that we, we're hoping, fingers crossed, that we're going to be able to hopefully come down and see it this year with TXG. Now, 
Mike, you mentioned a golf ball that's one of your favorites, uh, the Pro V1X. Like when we talk about the the kind of the, the whole lineup of of premium urethane cover golf balls that you guys offer, where does the not just the AVX sit, but how does how does the kind of the lineup work? Because I know we've we've seen some charts and you know, over time the, the X and the V have kind of switched positions. And so let's clarify that for people. Cause I know I get that question a lot on Instagram is like, what golf ball should I get to do this? So how would you describe them to different golfers? Yeah, I'll, I'll oversimplify it. And then I'll let you all dig in on the details uh, where you think your, your audience would benefit the most. Uh, Cause at the end of the day, it's about the golfer and, and how we help them choose the right ball. It all started with pro V1 little, little walk down memory lane. We came out with pro V1 similar to AVX, solid core construction, casing layer, urethane cover. If you're choosing between our premium performance lineup, Pro V1 is going to have mid-flight, mid-spin characteristics with really nice soft feel. And what I would advise everyone is try Pro V1. Go play Pro V1 and see how it works for your game. And then you can fine-tune the performance. RB, we talked about your game. You hit it too high. You were looking to get a little bit lower flight. So now if you started with Pro V1 and you said, you know what, it goes a little too high or it spins a little too much, you can adjust to new AVX. AVX flies lower and spins less with softer feel. Maybe like Mike, you're going the other direction. Maybe you hit Pro V1 and you say, gosh, I need to get that ball up in the air a little bit. I need more launch or I'm having trouble holding the greens that I play at. I need to get some more spin. That's where Pro V1X comes in. Pro V1X flies higher than Pro V1, and it spins more into and around the greens than Pro V1. All of these golf balls are going to look quite similar off the tee. It's really irons and green side. You're going to start to see these products differentiate themselves from a spin standpoint. Um, So right there, you've got three golf balls, and you've got low, mid, and high flight. You've got low, mid, and high spin. And then I'll just add one other nuance to this, which is Pro V1X Left Dash. Pro V1X Left Dash is a product that's been out on tour for half a dozen years and recently came out to the consumer marketplace. It was a handful of golfers saying to us, you know, I love the flight of Pro V1X. Can you get me a golf ball that is up in the air like that, flies high, but has low spin properties? That's Left Dash. It flies in a similar flight window as Pro V1X. But instead of having higher spin than Pro V1, it has lower spin than both of the Pro V1 golf balls. So that's why I always say start with Pro V1, figure out how you need to fine tune your performance for your game, and then you can shift up or down in either flight or spin. Yeah, that's that's really, really well put. And I mean, I, I keep thinking, you know, I go back every year going, should I be a Pro V1X guy? Should I be a Pro V1 guy? And, you know, as a, as a fitter, obviously we get to test stuff indoors, but you know, you guys have your, your ball fitting days and, and shout out to Rishi. He's our, he's our ball guru up here in the great white North, but can you kind of run through the listener of what uh, a kind of a ball fitting session would go, uh, would be like with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a broad structure because we know not everyone's going to have access uh, to every resource out there in the world. Um, at the top of the house, the best experience it's modeled based on what our team on tour does every week with tour players. Anytime a tour player walks in the tour van at Titleist and says, gosh, I'd I'd love some work on my golf ball. We're going to start at the green and work our way back to the tee. Um, I mentioned earlier, a lot of our golf balls look more similar off the tee than they do um, by greenside. Well, that's by design because fundamentally 
look, the driver, it's a one-dimensional element. I'm looking for distance, right? I'm looking for distance and dispersion. So a lot of times we're going to be trying to create speed and low spin characteristics off the tee and then start to differentiate as we get closer to the green. So because of that, when we do a fitting, we're going to start greenside and we're going to do some chips and some pitches and we're going to go out and really understand where you can benefit from a scoring standpoint. We're going to understand your strengths and your weaknesses. And then we're going to start working our way back. We're going to hit some full wedges and we'll hit some full mid irons. And then we'll eventually make our way back to the long game and understand what your demands are there. Through that process, we're going to understand where you can benefit from the different flight spin feel characteristics of the four golf balls that I mentioned. Um, we do have tour level fitters that kind of run around the world. It's a pretty small group. If you don't have that opportunity, there are alternatives. The one that I love that is both uh, geographically unbiased as well as seasonally unbiased is virtual consultations. You can sign up on titles.com and talk to the team that does a uh, the tour level fittings and they'll walk you through the Titleist golf ball lineup. Um, we also make sure that we have as many education resources out there because honestly, um, we recognize that most golfers, they've got a trusted fitter, right? They've got a trusted golf professional who they take lessons from or who's fit them for their last set of clubs. There's going to be nothing better than someone who knows your game. So if you have that trusted fitter, go find them and go talk to them about golf balls. And, and I would say my final piece here is, again, following the tour model. Our tour team, if they just had a tour player start from zero, they'd fit the player for the irons. And then they'd fit them to the golf ball. So we wouldn't start with the ball. We'd understand the irons. Then we'd fit the golf ball. Then we'd go do the driver. Because as you guys know, you, there's a lot you can do to a driver right now. You take the new Titleist TSI lineup. You can adjust the sure fit hosel to change your loft, change your lie. You can change the shaft. There's so many levers you can pull to fine tune driver performance. You're better off arriving to that driver fitting, knowing what ball you're going to use, and then fit the driver to the golf ball that's best suited for the scoring clubs. Very that's cool. it. Very, that's very a, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good point about the the short game. I think what I always stress to golfers is when and, and Mike's Mike's a good a big wedge fan. <laughs> we're all we're all wedge fans around here. But one of the things you talk about all the time is that you know not everyone's going to be able to swing it at 120 five miles an hour, but you can chip and putt like a tour player. You're probably not going to, but you have the potential because it's not about speed and strength necessarily as much as it is technique. And that's why there's such a, a huge component put on to the short game because, you know, higher handicappers and kind of other, anyone other than tour players miss more greens. When you miss more greens, you have to hit it closer on your chips and your pitches. And that's why the short game is such a, a, a huge component of the golf ball fitting because to your point, like feel like I, I reference my dad a lot when we were on the show here because my dad's like a 15 handicap. And so he kind of fits that window of like, you know, he kind of knows what he wants. He doesn't always notice. He can't really articulate it all the time, but I think a lot of golfers can articulate feel. They know what they like, whether it's, it's firm or soft, whatever it happens to be for every individual player. But I know like my dad, again, 15 handicap can pick up a golf ball and, and hit some shots that and he'll immediately go, I don't like it. It's it's too hard off the putter. Or it's uh, it doesn't doesn't chip right. And I'm like, okay, well then let's try something else. And you know, perception is a big thing because people think like, oh, I same thing when it comes to golf clubs. I'm not good enough for a fitting. But you know, 
if you're able to even perceive what it feels like off a putter, like that's still an opportunity to find an advantage because it's something that you like, correct? No question. And by the way, you are sounding like another fellow great Canadian there in your in your love of wedges. The great Bob Vokey, I had the good fortune of hanging with him for, for the last six years of my career. And he said the same thing you did, which is, hey, look, when I go to short game areas and I see everyone banging balls on the driving range, hey, look, not all of us are going to have the physical tools to hit at 300 yards and gain the benefits of distance. But we all have the tool set to hit those short game shots. And you're right. Golfers are going to miss more greens the less skilled they are, which is going to emphasize the importance of green side capabilities, spin, control, all of those elements. And, and you're absolutely right in regards to feel. Um, feel is something that we all kind of understand in our own special way. And there's no right or wrong. It's what's right for you. It's what gives you confidence. And that's why it's a huge component of what we do. Um we, there are some perceptions out there though, right? There are some myths and some gaps. There's that concept that, well, if it's soft, it must spin. Not always true. All things being equal. If, if I took that same urethane cover and I just softened everything inside of it, it's going to spin less, not more, but it might feel softer. One of those weird perception gaps that we're constantly trying to overcome because we want golfers to understand what can influence their game um, and look, the reality is, and I know I'm, I'm speaking to some fitters here, you're not good enough to not get fit. That's the reality. And you're not good enough to not play a golf ball that can help you greenside. Um, we had, we ran a cool study with our whole sales team, uh, about a hundred folks went through the exercise and we had them test two of our golf balls within our family, a velocity and a pro V1. And every handicap group on average scored better playing Pro V1 around the Pinehurst Cradle, which is a little par three course. Think about that for a minute. It's the idea. We hear so many people say, hey, I'm not good enough to play Pro V1. The reality is you're not good enough to not play Pro V1 because you need to get it up and down. You need that feel green side. And you're just not going to be able to get that necessarily from Serling covered golf balls that don't deliver the same green side spin and control. I have told so many customers that cradle story because we, we, during a fit we'll you know customer will be like what ball do you recommend and you know we use a ball in the bay but we always have a couple dozen of multiple different vendor balls uh at each studio and and most fits you know i'll run back and probably one x left dash i will tell you is a game changer for for us especially with that gentleman who needs a bit of distance on the driver my my dad is an example of one of those uh gentlemen and uh it, it was it was a great little almost you know cheat code in in a in a fit, and you then suggest, you know, you know, we don't really sell golf balls, but I will tell you the more Pro V1X left dash we sold last year was insane. Um, so that cradle story, I was going to try to ask you to kind of explain that story in one way of this podcast. So I'm, gl I'm glad you brought up because I think that's, I think that's great. And, and even for, you know, for us to conduct, you know, some type of test like that, I just think it's, you know, there's so many people that, that I play golf with, on a weekend and they're like, Oh, I'm not good enough to use a pro V1 or pro V1X. And, and I always tell them, I was like, that's, that's a bunch of baloney. Like you can, there's a yeah, 30 handicap can use it or a plus five handicap can use it. It doesn't, doesn't matter. And I always use that cradle story. So um, I love that story. I know. And um, like we talk about from like a premium performance perspective, right. And you know, I'm good enough to do this, right. Like another analogy that I like to use is, is uh, if you want to go running, 
right? I'm not a professional runner by any means. Uh, this is not a visual medium, but you'd probably get that picture pretty quickly. But what you would see is that like, if I was to go do that, I would make sure that I have the equipment to do it properly. So I don't, in the case of running, get injured, right? I'm not going to go out and run and people do barefoot running and all that stuff, but like we're generalizing here, but you know, you get a good pair of sneakers that actually fits your feet and offer some cushionings to go. And you can do that type of running. If you're playing a golf ball that doesn't help your game, regardless of your quote unquote skill set or handicap, the part that it's going to help is the place where you're going to hit the most shots. And that's where I think when we draw the line from like a premium golf ball to the PGA tour versus a higher handicap or any handicap range, there is this, you know, Oh, I'm not good enough. Or, you know, it is expensive. And I understand, like totally understand the price argument. I get that. And you know, the, people have to make choices based on that, based on their golf game. But the other part of this is like, if you're not losing that many golf balls and you realize, okay, like, well, you know, I played 15 times a year, a couple dozen golf balls, three, three dozen golf balls. This is going to pay off, right? If my goal is to play better golf and to, get performance, this is where you're going to save those shots because there's the fitting story and also what's going to help you play your best. And that's where the, the premium urethane cover golf ball is always going to offer the most performance where you hit the most amount of shots. Yeah. And, and I would emphasize what you said in there. The one nugget I'll pull out is what's your goal, right? And cause you're right. There's, there's everyone's had, a, everyone's got a preference in their game, right? Is it a feel preference? Is it a golf ball color preference? Is it a price preference? Um, and those are all real. And I'm not to tell you as a golfer that that there's right or wrong. There's not. It's right for you. What I would advise every golfer to do is evaluate what are your goals when you go out and play the game? If your goal is to play your best, uh, then we would advise you to focus only on those golf balls we mentioned earlier, Pro V1, Pro V1X, AVX, or Left Dash. Those four golf balls in the Titleist family are going to be the ones that give you the best chance to play your best. Um, and, and we're, we're confident in saying that we're confident in telling you that one of those four is right for your game. I don't know which one yet. Hopefully you go find a nice fitter who can help you discover that. And that's a key part of the puzzle. Um, and then the final piece, if you've decided you want to play your best, you've decided you're going to look at those golf balls as a, one of the tools to help you, um, play it every time. Uh, the one that, that always makes us chuckle a little bit, and I'm sure you've seen it walking into your fitting base is when you say, what golf ball do you play? And, and someone looks at you and says, well, kind of whatever's in the bag or whatever I find. And you're like, well, here's the problem. I'll stay with our family again. If you happen to find a left dash and a Pro V1X, and then you wonder why they performed differently for you, because I don't know which one's going to be better or worse per se. I know one will likely be better or worse. Um, but you can't expect consistent results if the one piece of equipment you use on every shot is decidedly inconsistent. Exactly. That's a good, that's a really good point. Um, now the one thing I want to touch on uh, as well is, you know, talking about the testing and talking about the prototyping and all that stuff is something that I think for the listeners out there, this can help, you know, we're having the discussion here, but to, to really benefit you people listening, hopefully you're tuned into this is the, the team titleist. And the whole, the white box testing, because, you know, we get them because you know, we are a Titleist account. We see them from other OEMs as well. Like we have this opportunity to test golf balls and offer feedback. So how does that work for, for you guys? And what do you do with that information once you get it back? Yep. Um, we look at uh, a broad range of testing. White box originated out on the PGA tour because we start with those players. Um, any given week, if you go out to like a Monday or a Tuesday practice round, you might see our tour reps out there 
with some white box under their arm with players learning, hitting golf balls and learning. Um, and we recently, probably actually for the last 10 years, maybe have been sending white box out to members of the team titleist community and our partner community. We, we always appreciate the feedback. Um, you go to titleist.com, you sign up for team titleist. It's free. It's easy. Um, that's how you become eligible. Um, not everyone gets them. This isn't a promise that you'll get them because we only have so many golf balls each year. But what we do is we send out white box and it's a chance to test um, for us. And every time we do it, there's a survey link. The most recent, the AVX test that went out, there was a QR code. You, you scan the QR code with your phone, you go in and we're going to ask you all the questions that matter to you, the golfer, flight, spin, feel. What did you notice? What did you pick up? Um, just last fall, we ran a test with the tour only product for a while, Pro V1 Left Dot. And we tested that golf ball against Pro V1 and AVX. We are constantly running tests just like that with golfers from the Team Titleist community because those are the golfers that we need to help. Those are the golfers that are paying for our products and we're committed to helping them play their best and feedback matters. That's why we are where we are with new AVX is because golfers said loud and clear, the distance is awesome. The, the feel is unbelievable. Could I get a little more green side spin? And so how do you keep those and get a little bit more over there and keep it different from Pro V1? That became the R&D goal. And we learned that through white box testing, just like this, where golfers raised their hand and said, this is what I want. Love it. There we go. Sorry about that. My mic was muted. Um, but yeah, I think that, that really does cover it. I mean, like, the the only other question I would have is like from the from the R and D side of things is what you know and you mentioned it right there which is perfect is like you know you guys don't just put in a product and go oh you know what when they come and ask us another question we'll get to something new you're always working on kind of new developments and, and focusing on you know the USGA has rules so you can you can't I mean I'm sure if you wanted to you can make a golf ball go 20 yards further but it's it's not you know you just make it a little smaller a little heavier and just launch it like a little missile. But for you guys, like, what is the what is the future of golf balls? Is it is it the fine tuning of fitting? Is it the more precise manufacturing? What is it that you are you don't have, you don't have to give us any company secrets? But what what is it that you're always working towards when it comes to that uh, performance? And then also you know, taking feedback from players and just always trying to make things better because I think that that is like a question that I always ask is you know players get a product like this is great, then you guys are always asking, well, how can we make it better, right? Yeah, uh, no, it's it's a great question. Um, it's it's what I love about this company, and and I've had the good fortune of being in a different part, a couple of different parts of the business. But the one thing is true: the north star is we're going to help you play your best golf. And we wake up every day thinking about, hey, how can we do that through product, and through fitting, and through a partner network that does amazing fittings? Because we're big believers that if you go get fit for your equipment, you will play better. Um, we're also big believers that if we make better equipment that can help you play better. Um, in the golf ball space, the, to, to oversimplify it again, I have a tendency to do that. The, the word is custom. Um, we see more and more. That's why we've gone from just Pro V1 20 years ago. Now we have Pro V1, Pro V1 X, Pro V1 X Left Dash, and AVX in the lineup because the more we learn about golfers, the more we learn about the unique tendencies golfers have, and the more we can build product custom fit for those performance attributes. We're going to continue to see that trend and it's going to bleed in, not just into performance, which is our primary focus, but a secondary focus of ours, which is personalization and preference. And we're going to continue to see that grow as well. So 
the ability of kind of stamping a golf ball with some little messages or your name or your initials, your ability to go in and put a company logo or your personal logo on there. We want to make sure that those type of offerings are available as well. So we will always, always prioritize performance. And I would say in that regard, we're looking at different materials. We are always looking at aerodynamics, which is also new with new AVX, brand new aerodynamics package. Um, and then we're also going to look at the dynamics interplay between the different layers of the golf ball, because that's how you can really unlock unique performance characteristics from green to tee. That's fantastic. Exciting, exciting future. Jeremy, uh, I just want to say thank you for taking the time. I know that, uh, it's, it, we, fitting is always our big thing. And, you know, we want to be able to talk about, you know, we talk a lot about golf clubs, but diving into golf balls is something that we haven't done a huge amount of. And uh, we appreciate your time, especially on the new product, because I think the AVX yeah. was one that, that came out and kind of, I, won't, I don't want to say confuse a lot of people because a lot of people kind of thought of it as a distance ball, but it really, I mean, it's a premium golf ball that is designed for a lot of golfers to really fine tune their ball flight. And I think that's something that is, because uh, I know when I first, you know, first when the white box came out and then like when it was originally introduced, everyone was like, oh, it goes like way longer, but what is it? And, uh, you know, to, to kind of help people understand that because it is about fine tuning. It's all about fitting and that's, that's what we're here and we're all about. So Jeremy, thank you for your time and uh, really appreciate you joining the show. Yeah. I appreciate you having me. We love what you guys do. Uh, keep up the great work. Um, we love partnering with folks that are passionate about fitting. We see it as one of the clear avenues to help golfers play their best. So keep us posted when you want to come visit. We'd love to have you and uh, appreciate you having uh, spending some time with me.